This is episode 18 of Hoops Forum, a production of Radius Athletics and a Quick Timeout podcast. Before we get into things today, I want to thank our sponsors over at 323 Sports for sponsoring Hoops Forum. With camp season rapidly approaching, it's time to get those camp t-shirts ordered. Your players will love 323 Sports Moisture Management one-color print tees, only $6.99 a piece. To order, either visit 323sports.com or you can contact sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports camp. What is your primary ball screen coverage was the question I recently asked on Twitter. 42% said they they switch ball screens. A bit to my surprise, 35% use some sort of hedge and recover. 11% trap ball screens and 12 voted other, including things like icing or drop coverage. I would guess that most of you have at least a couple coverages in your pocket to use. Uh, depending on where exactly on the floor the ball screen is occurring. For example, we like to try to ice any high ball screens, but anything up the perimeter will just switch. We've been known to do some other things as well. Personnel, of course, may dictate what coverage your team uses, whether that's who's on the floor or even who in particular is involved in the ball screen. The point is that you have to have and think through all of these factors when it comes to ball screen defense. And while you may play in a league where ball screens aren't as prevalent, they still happen from time to time. At higher levels, teams are getting trickier at how they they get to ball screens and what they do with the other players on the floor to make the defense pay. So instead of the status quo, which is what we're great at as basketball coaches, my question to you is, are there slight adjustments, not necessarily changes in philosophy, but slight adjustments that can throw a wrinkle into the offense's execution to give our defense an advantage. With that in mind, I wanted to go beyond the scoreboard, our segment presented by Sideline Interactive, to kind of deep dive into two adjustments to your current ball screen coverages. First up, for those who like to switch, instead of just like a straight switch, how about what I call a switch and attack? If you are watching the video of this, you can see I have up on the screen something that that uh, from a few years ago, Zion Williamson, was really great at, and I know that all of us don't have Zion Williamson's on our team, but uh, this switch and attack, it's not blitzing a ball screen because there's no trap to it. Instead, the defender switching onto the ball handler attacks the ball handler's outside hand. Sometimes you can end up with a poke away, but even if there's no deflection, you can kind of prevent any kind of quick scoring attempt by the ball handler. And this just kind of gives uh, the defense an opportunity to, to jump onto the offense. And a lot of times the offense isn't ready for it. And so you kind of prevent any kind of quick roll or any kind of quick pass over the ball screen. So, again, just a minor adjustment that could potentially be used. Don't have to necessarily do it all the time, but I've been a part of, of games before where a team will jump depending on uh, you may have somebody in particular who's good at doing this or you have a position on the floor that you can use this. So the switch and attack is one that you may want to throw into your defense. Again, not something that I necessarily use as we always do this, but every now and then it could get you maybe, like I said, a deflection or a steal. The second tweak to our ball screen coverage or second adjustment to our ball screen coverage is what I call the ice and switch. Uh, Texas Tech is a team that's popularized this in the college game. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of teams are icing high ball screens to help the ball keep the ball on one side of the floor. Texas Tech, though, took it a step further. They'd begin to ice the ball handler, and as the ball handler dribbled down the floor, the two defenders would go ahead and switch to prevent any kind of throwback to the screener. 
By the way, there's a whole series of ball screen offense options against ice coverage that maybe we can talk about sometime. But throwing back to the ball screener is one of the ways that you can kind of attack an ice coverage. So to prevent that, they'll just go ahead and ice and switch it. Uh, We've had some success with this, throwing it in. Not necessarily, again, as our primary defense, but for teams who are well practiced against icing, this can be a great option. So switching off the icing the second small tweak for the ball screen coverage. So there you have it, two potential minor changes that could sort of mix things up for the defense so that the offense doesn't get too comfortable. Would I love to hear from you all if you have any unique things you do with the normal ball screen coverages to maybe confuse the defense sometimes. I personally love those kinds of minor adjustments. I'm sure there are more out there. Uh, I'd love to learn more about them. Maybe I can implement them with my team. Appreciate all of you who joined us this week. If by chance you missed any part of the live show, you can go back and watch or listen to any part of the show. Visit Radius Athletics on YouTube to see the full interview or go to any podcast platform and search a quick timeout and there you'll find the audio version of the show. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll talk to you again, hopefully next week on Hoops Forum.